Tonight, it's Friday Night Prophecy here on Fig Tree Watchers as we discuss the news events of the week and how they relate to Bible prophecy. That's next here on the West Coast Gospel Hour. Hey, it is so good to see you. I hope you are all doing well. We have a lot of stuff to discuss. And it's all relating to the news events of the week and how they relate to Bible prophecy. I hope you guys are uh, doing well this week. Uh, there's so much going on, and uh, we just want to share uh, the the news events and all that is going on around the world. But we want to encourage you in your faith, build you up, and uh, let you know that you are loved by God. And that's what our goal is here tonight, to do that. So um, we want to share all these uh, good good events tonight. Hey, my partner Io will not be joining us tonight uh, because, well, he is away at a uh, an event in which he is um, speaking at and participating in, and uh, uh, it's regarding his church. And so uh, tonight I'm on my own. Uh, so please pray for me, as always, and I know you do, as I'm going through. Um, all these discussions by myself without a, a, a co-host tonight. Um, just to let you know that uh, we also have this live broadcast saved for you at the end. You can go to uh, um, here on Instagram and rewatch it, or you can go to the podcast form and all the major platforms and you can actually view it there. So it's going to be kind of cool to see. Well, this is good. Welcome everyone. Uh, it's fantastic to have you here. Invite a friend. Let someone know that uh, um, tonight we are doing the Fig Tree Watchers here on Friday Night Prophecy. And uh, if any of you have any questions, you know, feel free to ask them tonight. Hey, let's get started as we're welcoming everyone in. It's good to see you. And um, please uh, let others know that they're, that it's going on tonight. Hey, before we get started, let's do what we always do and let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you so much, God, that you have um, brought us together, that we may fellowship with you, uh, Lord, that we may um, seek your wisdom and your counsel, God, that we may learn from your word, O oh God, tonight, and that we may have greater understanding. Um, but also, Lord, that we would grow in love for one another uh, and that we would seek after you with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength. And we would listen to what the Spirit, your Holy Spirit, is saying to the churches and that we would become the overcomers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, it is so good to see you. Um, it has been a difficult time for me. Um, I, I've been in a lot of pain and um, going through a lot. Um, and it, it's interesting. I have some stuff I'm going to share with you tomorrow about this. Um, but tonight, we are discussing the news events of the week and how they relate to Bible prophecy. So we've got some interesting stuff to discuss tonight, but before we do, I want to share a scripture. We've got a few scriptures actually tonight. And the first one that I think is important is from Psalms chapter 2. And it's the question is being asked, why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves 
And the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heaven shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in desertion. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill on Zion. I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me, you are my son, today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron, you shall dash them to pieces with a potter's vessel. Now therefore be wise, O kings, be instructed, you judges of the earth, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling, kiss the son lest he be angry, and you perish in the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are those who put their trust in him. Now, it's interesting because this is very prophetic, both of the first coming. It uses the phraseology, the begotten son, which we find in John three sixteen. So it's a very prophetic passage, but it also refers to the second coming. It refers to the wrath of of the Son, Jesus himself, which is opened up in the seven seals, which we find in chapter six of the book of Revelation. But we're also warned in Matthew 24 not to be deceived. And we are right off as Jesus is beginning to talk about the end times in Matthew 24. He gives his Olivet Discourse. The very first thing he comes out with is don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Tonight, we're going to be addressing some of the deception that's going on. We're going to break it down a little bit more in depth than we have. Um, And one of the things that we're going to be talking about is the inflation. As you well know from the uh, third seal, which is the scarcity on earth seal, when he opens up that seal, uh, he says, come and look. And I, I looked and behold, a black horse and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for a denarius and three quarts of barley for a denarius and do not harm the oil and the wine. This is interesting because this is basically saying, you know what, you're going to have a day's wages is going to cost you a loaf of bread for a loaf of bread. That's what it's going to be. Meaning that there's going to be massive inflation. This is a prophecy in the book of Revelation about the hyperinflation that is taking place. So why are we bringing this up? Well, first thing that I want to really address tonight and I think is important is what's going on in Ukraine. The second phase has begun in Ukraine uh, with Russia. They're now destroying the wheat fields. Now, according to The Economist, and by the way, you can see all my notes tonight. Um, They're going to be on Telegram. In fact, if you want to cheat, you can go there. They're already there. Um, So just to let you know that. Uh, Telegram at Fig Tree Watchers, and you can see the notes there. I'll have a link uh, at the end of this today um, in the podcast form. You can see that right there. Uh, but according to economists, 10% of all the world's wheat supply comes from Ukraine. And what is Russia doing today? Well, if you go to the link there, the very first link you're going to see, uh, a photograph of Russia burning down the wheat fields. And this is according to Ukraine claims, but they've got photographs of it. This is really, really bad because this already is about 
And wanted to let you know that um, this is something that we're seeing um, uh, happening. Um, I'm going to bring on Rafshir for a little bit. And uh, uh, for those of you who know Rafshir, she's uh, new. I say new to the faith. You've been a baby Christian for two years now almost, right? Yes. Yeah. And um, so you've been with us for here on, on uh, Fig Tree Watchers for practically the entire time. Um, and, and before that with, with Proof of Your Faith. So we discussed this. The Ukrainians are up in arms because their wheat fields are br being burned down. Now, The Economist uh, talked about this even more in depth. Uh, for those of you who don't know, The Economist is actually a left-wing magazine, very socialist, very pro-2030 agenda, uh, very globalist uh, magazine. But they're actually addressing some of these issues, which is surprising to me, uh, because they're talking about, wait a moment, this is a serious issue that's going on. Uh, if you're wiping out 10% of this, where is Ukraine going to st store its wheat? And what's going to happen when 10% of the wheat is gone from the world's supply? Now, that doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a huge amount. 10% of the world's wheat is going to be gone. Um, and with these fields being burned down, that's going to make inflation go up. That's not going to lower inflation. That's raising inflation. But we're seeing this in other areas. So what we want to do is, is kind of go over some of the other areas that we're seeing this in. Let's take a look at some of the other articles that, that we're talking about. One of the big sh uh, shortages that, it, that is, it is being um, talked about is the food shortages as well, not just wheat, but in other areas. There is a major eruption taking place in the Netherlands, and it's spreading to the rest of Europe. What is this going on? Well, the farmers are protesting. They're very angry. Um, some of the farmers are upset at Brussels uh, that's going on. Uh, it's in Belgium. Uh, in the Netherlands, there's uh, huge boycotts. And what are they arguing about? They're arguing about the removal of nitrogen being used by farmers. Now, for those of you who aren't in the growing food, let me explain this to you. Because as a gardener, I'm going to tell you nitrogen is very critical um, to growing food. And why do you need nitrogen? Okay. Nitrogen has to do with the creating of proteins through photosynthesis. If you don't have nitrogen, you're going to be in deep trouble. And what nitrogen does is it really helps the food, the leafy greens get really greeny. It produces more sugars for the plant, the water, and the protein building blocks that the plant needs. Why are they banning nitrogen from the farmers? Because they are arguing that the nitrogen that's being used is from manure, and it's causing global warming. Now, this is one of the biggest fallacies and deceptions that is going on. And remember, Jesus said, don't be deceived. This is a huge deception. What happens when the farmers take it, take the manure? It, most of the farmers today, especially in the Netherlands and in, in Belgium, they do it very organically. So what they do is uh, they use a method like uh, they'll take their cattle and they'll have the cattle graze. The cattle will produce the manure and then they'll grow on that field the next group of food that they need to. Um, they use something called chicken tractors where they have the chickens in um, open free-range coops that are open but on the grass and they'll move them 
from field to field and they'll allow the chickens to eat the weeds up and everything else and then they'll produce the manure in there and that nitrogen goes into the soil naturally and then they plant right on top of it. But by eliminating this amount, it's, it's tragic. Uh, for gardeners like myself, we take things like um, uh, worm, worm castings, which is worm poop. We mix it with banana um, peels, which gives us our potassium. We take phosphorus, which is like ash from you know, our fireplace, and we'll mix that together and we'll produce the food, uh, the, the, the fertilizer that we need naturally and organically. The problem is, that they're wanting to replace a lot of this stuff with chemical fertilizers. They're saying, no, you got to use chemical fertilizers. The problem is the chemical fertilizers are bad for the soil. They're artificial. They're not good for the soil. They're very dangerous for the soil. And so what you're going to have now is if you're removing these, these natural components from the environment that, are, that God intended for us to use to grow food, and you're replacing with man-made chemicals, we're doing more harm to the environment. We're not stopping global warming. And this is all the conspiracy of the George Soros's, the Bill Gates, the World Economic Forum, is a let's create artificial stuff that will help you grow food without polluting the planet. And the, the amount of methane that is produced is minuscule. It's minuscule. It's such an over-exaggeration and deception that is taking place here. What is it going to actually do? Well, farmers... Um, are facing for the first time in the Netherlands and in Belgium, they're being put out of business. And it got so bad that the police went in and they're actually calling it assassination squads. They actually shot a 16-year-old kid in the Netherlands. The police did. Shutting these farms down, eliminating food. And this is a, a major crisis. So when we talk about the Bible prophecy, a day's wages for a loaf of bread, we're being we're seeing this for the first time in human history and it's being done with intentional wickedness by evil people artificially creating a, a global um crisis through food and so need to listen yeah go ahead absolutely and um it, it just reminds me of uh a lot of the things that happened um, um, a couple of months ago regarding the farmers protest in, in India as well. And it was around the same type of stuff happening in where, you know, Bill Gates wanted to go in and um, monopolize the entire um, industry and uh, farmers there, you know, a lot of them are like Sikh background in Punjab. And they actually, that's their like livelihood in the sense, but those are small businesses for them. And that's primarily where most of them have, they have their land and they have their money through, through farming. Mm -hmm. So um, they just wanted to monopolize the entire situation. That's why the protest lasted so long um, because they wanted to come in and monopolize and add their own versions, different seeds, different, you know what I mean? Um, but Artificial seeds, uh, genetically modified seeds that have been genetically altered. Uh, they want to do this um, because it uses less nitrogen. But here's the thing that's amazing to me. And, and I, I watch a lot of farming videos um, and I watch some stuff that it's called food foresting, um, where it's the way God intended it to be. And one of the guys I watch, he talks about this all the time. Hey, if you do it the way God intended it to be done, you know, you allow the, the leaves, you keep your leaves, you compost with your leaves, 
you can create a mulch naturally like a food forest, like a forest would have, and you'll have no weeds, you don't need to double till, none of this stuff, and it works. And I do a lot of these methods in, in my garden. But to take this to a bigger scale where you're needing to feed thousands, you got a problem. And what Bill Gates did in India, by the way, let's not forget, it led to 26% crop failure this year in India. Absolutely. Remember, Absolutely. I ordered that a few months ago. Yep, yep. And and um, I think that there was also, um, uh, was it a couple of months ago where where India decided, Modi decided to kind of cut it off, um, the transport of of um, their wheat across seas. So that's going to obviously affect, um, you know, the, the grain and everything like the grain prices on this end as well, and just l lend into this artificialized inflation. Yeah, so not only, by the way, is the, the, the wheat, deteriorating but remember the wheat that they want to produce is the monsanto wheat monsanto is one of the most evil companies in the world many people including myself think it's responsible for the rapid rise of autism um down syndrome and other uh, effects on children they're having um because the wheat doesn't even look like the wheat if you look at the pictures of wheat in the united states back in the early 1900s and then you compare it to what wheat looks like today it looks like some alien thing that you you can't even recognize and so it's important. Now, small gardeners, we can take our banana peels. You know, I'm lucky. I, I've got, you know, 10 kids and they eat bananas like they're going out of style. We take those banana peels and we blend them up with coffee grounds and eggshells and worm castings. And we produce some really good mulch. And then we take our pine needles and we throw that in there that we have from our pine tree. And, you know, I, I shred the, the bark that I, I get from pruning my fruit trees and stuff. And that stuff, is great in gardening, but I got a small garden. Farmers, they try to do that a larger scale. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a great um, video series out on, on um, YouTube. Uh, if you guys click on the channel, it's Gold, Gold, Goldshar Farms. I think it's called Goldshar Farms. Um, and uh, you can check it out. Um, and I'll, I'll try to find a link to that. But, this guy is he's not a christian i'm not trying to produce anything here for you but the guy shows is his gradual gradual stage of his farming and how he started five years ago just with ducks and then he went to geese and now he's you know producing food and he has orchards and everything around him it's a gradual thing so when you take this farming away you're eliminating food and look what california is facing right now we have a massive food shortage because Six years ago, we did away with the Fresno Valley and uh, with the farms up there just because of an invasive species and we declared it protected. And it was an invasive fish. So um, it's dangerous. And this is the stupidity of man, the greed of man saying, we can do this better than you got. It goes back to why do the nations rage? Why do they plot such a vain thing? We need to stick to the way God intended things. And now we're facing the wrath because we have disobeyed God's ways of doing things. And now we're stuck and we're seeing the shortages happen because we've been listening to these corrupt individuals plotting a vain thing. Um, you had some interesting news in Canada that happened. Yes. So today, um, actually, the entire entirety of Canada's 
major cell phone um, service provider and internet service provider called Rogers was down and out. Um, like the entire nation was down and out that had Rogers as an internet service and a phone service. Now the problem here is it went really deeper because they monopolized the system. So not only was that affected, but even if you needed to call 911, um, the population couldn't call. Um, it, it even affected Visa and Interact as well so it, it's a it's it was a massive problem um that everyone kind of faced today in canada and i i truly like thinking about it in today's generation can't really believe that you know like half the country just you know couldn't even call 911 hmm. um, this is a, this is kind of a big thing this goes back to the idea of monopolies against socialism right um, socialism wants monopolies. Look, if you honestly think that socialism is a great idea, here's what happens when socialism takes over. Had there been smaller companies in control of the phone system, you know, breaking it up over a bunch of different companies, you wouldn't have a, had such a massive blackout in Canada. And this is so important to understand because by doing this, you created a massive crisis. People died today because they couldn't call 911 in Canada. Uh, there were shortages. People couldn't get through. You had computer failures. You had 911 call failures. This was a major, major crisis, all because it was thought of, hey, socialism works. Bigger is better. Let's give you know, this to a uh, monopoly, the, the phone system, and have one company in charge of it all. Had there been a bunch of smaller companies, it would have affected just a few people, not over half the country. Yeah, I mean, like, just imagine, like, realistically, um, I think my, my mother was, you know, trying to get just regular gas service. And, like, if you didn't have a MasterCard, you couldn't get gas because Interact Visa wasn't working. It was just, like, kind of also illuminated the fact of um, how interconnected everything is and how fast everything can just go down. It's... Right. Now, why is this important? Well, this relates to the next seal, um, which is the fourth seal of the book of Revelation. When he opened the fourth seal, I heard a voice of the four living creatures saying, come and see. So I looked and behold, a pale horse and the name of him who sat on it was death. And Hades followed with him, and the power was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, with hunger, with death, and by the beasts of the earth. So what is it? It's, it's they're being killed with the sword. Can't call 911. You're being killed. Look, we are seeing violence at an epidemic proportion like we've never seen it before. And uh, th this is a big deal because we're watching people getting killed in grotesque manners um, across this country, but uh, around the world in horrific ways. Um, in New York City today, a, a woman was, pregnant woman was stabbed to death. That wasn't good enough for the guy. He didn't hit her with the car and it wasn't even his girlfriend. He just was angry, right? We have these mass shootings going on. And before anyone goes, well, we need gun control. Listen, this is so insane. It's not the guns that need to be controlled. It's the mental health that needs to be addressed. We need, why is no one, why is not one person on both sides of the political aisle, Republican and Democrat, said we need to get rid of violence out of video games? 
Where's the video game control? Video games are spewing out violence like crazy. Almost every single kid that has done a mass shooting, and, and I cannot honestly think of one, so that's why I'm using the word almost. Every one of them was tied to a violent video game. Call of Duty, you know, all these games. They, they've been tied to every one of them. And why is there no one crying out, we need video game control? Yeah, I think that there's just a really major lack of understanding of like mental health. I mean, we can see that even with like leadership, mm -hmm. you know, like I'm not trying to, you know, say anything that's um, decisive or, or, you know, one side or the other, but I'm saying realistically, like it, they, like from a medical side of things as well, it doesn't sound that like um, that there's uh, sometimes sound decision-making processes happening. So, I mean, who's going to be talking about mental health when, uh, you know, it's, it's hard for them to even, like, you know, function sometimes. So it's just, it's just a mess. And, like, I noticed uh, it, it is interconnected. I mean, this is a whole other side topic with, like, the healthcare system which is a really big, massive problem in the United States. I was actually speaking to one of my friends who is um, an attending physician there and also in the education department. And um, before the crisis was COVID patients, right? Okay, mm -hmm. we have to deal with people that are actively sick. Let's try our best to deal with them. Now the crisis is that... Um, like because of the inflation no one has money and they have to literally treat patients because they're not able to get care because of the healthcare system being just so hiked up now if the healthcare system itself is so expensive just for regular folk to get help how are people going to be able to afford services to help with mental health care yeah, and, and this is a big crisis i'm gonna i'm gonna share this, this is personal for me um, my wife and I, we've been told by our, our uh, HR department that there's going to be a major increase, cost of, of increase on our health care. My health care bill that I pay through work is almost equal to my house payment. That, that is just there. And my wife is like, we got to figure out another way. Um, you know, in, in, it is becoming so outrageous that uh, when I, in fact, it's pretty funny. The owner of the company I work for didn't even believe that that was possible. And so he went to HR to figure out and he was shocked. He was stunned. He's like, I can't believe you're paying that much. And that's, I'm taking like the machismo plan, you know, <laughs> trying to, you know, penny pinch here and there. And he's like, uh, we, we got to look for another plan. Um and I hope he does. I, you know, I got to figure something out. But it's getting to the point where it's almost can't afford the health care. And um, that was the lie, once again, the lie, the deception that we all bought into with Obamacare. You know, oh, you're all going to be afforded. There won't be any price increase. In fact, you'll be able, you probably won't see a cost increase for years. We saw one every single year. And they were like almost double. I mean, I remember when Obamacare came in, it was 350. Now it's close to a house payment. It has not gone down once. There's not been one month where it's been frozen. So this is this a lie. And this is where it's costing people. 
do I make my house payment or my health care bill? And oh, by the way, if you don't make your health care bill in, in the United States, you know, after a point, they can arrest you. They can take your children away. You know, they made it uh, really to punish people. And the left is like, well, you just want to make it so that, you know, people can't afford it. Well, no one's affording it now. You know, the middle class can't afford it. How can the poor afford it? You're yeah. You're absolutely lying. And, I, and by the way, for anyone that is listening, this is um, also like directly related to like my personal experience of working in hospitals in the United States, where I've directly worked with like patients without insurance coming in literally kidney and and case kidney disease. And literally, like if they don't get dialysis, they're going to die. And and I just want to make make the premise really clear that it is coming from personal experience, and and people that are directly in the healthcare system at this stage, people are living in their cars and 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 not able to afford diabetes medication. Like think about you know actual therapeutic services, mental health wise. Like no one is thinking about that if they legit can't can't even take care of like regular type of like disease processes like in their body when you know and and this is it's just you know with covid and the isolation and everything like that i personally now work in the mental health space so i have a lot of insight on what it's done to the mind of people to isolate them in this way it's it's not healthy at all that's going on and by the way someone goes well what can't they do something like well they don't want to because one of the things they keep doing to the healthcare cost is they keep adding things to the cost of it. Oh, you know what? Everyone who wants uh, breast enhancement surgery should get it. Well, so you're paying for someone's want, you know? Oh, you know, gender reassignment surgery. Yep, that's a mandatory. Look, I get it if someone gets cancer and they have to get augmented surgery, great, should be covered. Totally should be covered, I get it. But for someone who just wants, you know, fat lips for the sake of having fat lips, pay for it yourself, right? Um, you know, someone that wants to do an assignment surgery, hey, you should pay for that yourself. Because if you're that sure that's what you really want, then you should have to pay for it, you know? And this has nothing to do with, with religion. So before someone jumps on me on that, it it's not, isn't. This is just common sense. And I want people yeah, to understand. There's, there's such thing as elective surgeries, right? And they're called elective for a reason because they're not, um, they're not life-threatening. So right. all these elective surgeries when it comes to plastic surgery or reassignment or anything like that, they're elective unless they're life-threatening. If they're life-threatening, then it's a different story, right. right? And they keep adding these elective surgeries as mandatory as for the healthcare providers to pay for. Um, even abortions, which we're definitely, we're all opposed to the abortions and the, in, in the, um, the other things I mentioned. So this is this is the craziness that's causing that cost to increase. And I know we're talking about inflation again, but it's it's a huge thing. Another thing, going back to the issue of, of gun violence that is going on in the mental health, um, I, and I, I want to bring this up because it keeps getting talked about that it's gun control. The answer is gun control. Ignore mental health. It's all about guns. Guns kill people. People don't kill people. That's the argument that the left is making. Problem is, Japan. Today, one of the great heroes of um, capitalism, conservatism, the Ronald Reagan of Japan, um, 
was assassinated by a man in a country that has the toughest gun control laws uh, imaginable. He made his own gun, homemade gun, made it himself and killed someone. Where was gun control? Okay, it's illegal to make this gun in Japan. It was illegal. He, he wasn't allowed to. The law state you would go to jail. The law didn't work because if you really want to make a gun, you can make one and you can go out and you can shoot someone. And sadly enough, um, and, I, and I understand, and I'm going to get to that in a moment. Uh, yes, I understand that the Chinese government sent out Twitter uh, uh, posts some as early as 17 hours before the assassination, talking about the assassination. Um, yes, it's a Chinese thing, and I'm going to get to that in a moment. But just for the sake here, I want you to understand the insanity of this argument. Here, a person in one of the toughest gun control, where people don't do violent crimes. They don't have these you know, shootings like we have in the United States. This is a different culture. Here, this guy went out, made a gun illegally, went and hunted down the prime minister and shot him dead. And this is a big issue. Now, this is going to affect in a number of ways. I think it's affecting Bible prophecy in a number of ways. I think this one, along with some of the other things that are going on today, we're going to talk about that in a moment, are huge in relation to Bible prophecy. Because one by itself is irrelevant. And I want you to understand that. I want you to think about moles for a moment in your backyard. You're looking at your backyard. You've got a mole issue. Okay, a gopher issue. It's digging up stuff, and you're like, oh man, I got a gopher in my backyard. You look over your fence, and you're like, oh man, my neighbor has a gopher. What a coincidence. He's got one too. And your neighbor's neighbor has a gopher. And you're thinking, man, wow, you have a gopher, I have a gopher. Well, the problem is what you don't realize is it's the same gopher, and he's destroying all three of your backyards. Here's the problem the isolated assassination of what took place today of Shinzo Abe, the Japanese prime minister, is not isolated. It's part of the global conspiracy that is being done. And you're gonna see this with what happened with Boris. Now, Boris, the prime minister of, of England, yeah, he did this to himself. I will agree with you. And he was a snake uh, in sheep's clothing. He was a rhino conservative, meaning conservative in name only, okay? I get that. And I'm not disagreeing with all the arguments being made about that. But this, who might replace him, is going to be far more dangerous than Boris was. And at the same time this was going on, okay, you also had a bunch of leaders, world leaders around uh, England, also resigning as part of this whole scandal that took place. Do not think for a moment, do not think for a moment that this was an isolated incident that was not orchestrated and intentional. Of course it was. It was totally orchestrated. It was intentionally done. And now you're starting to see the media, you know, the backlash. Oh, uh, Shinzo Abe, he was, you know, a right-wing fascist. The guy wasn't. You look at him, he cared about Japan. He wasn't a fascist. He did nothing like a fascist. He wasn't trying to, you know, do stuff. What he did yesterday was he spoke out about China. He spoke out and said, you know what, China's a major threat and we need to stand up and protect Taiwan. What happened 24 hours later? He was assassinated. Coincidence? No. Um, the narrative, 
Don't buy into it. Also, same time this is going on, we have the incident that's going on in, in uh, um, let's talk about this in Poland. Poland is having massive protests, uh, protesting the Agenda 2030 um, agenda, uh, the World Economic Forum agenda, 2030 agenda. Same time this is going on, mysteriously, without anyone paying attention to it, U.S. troops um, are being sent into Poland. I uh, know of a personal uh, acquaintance on which his entire um, company was being sent in, and he's a tanker. So you're going to be seeing hundreds upon thousands of U.S. soldiers and tanks being sent into Poland. They're being deployed as we speak. And um, in fact, RT News uh, stated this. The U.S. wants to launch attacks from Poland and the Baltic states, military intelligence chief claimed. Now, this is what the U.S. is saying. Like, they're wanting to do an attack from Poland and the Baltic state on Belarus. Um, U.S. eyes direct war with Russia, Belarus. Um, the U.S. is making plans for a direct war against Russia and its ally, Belarus. This is RT News declaring this. This is not some fascist right-wing news article. You, you need to pay attention to this because this was probably one of those brilliant articles written on this. It says, um, uh, Thursday, the scenario is becoming more likely as the proxy war in Ukraine and others' ways to hurt the two nations are failing. He claimed the territory of Poland, as well as the Baltic states, is being turned into a staging ground from which the U.S. plans to unleash a new bloody conflict in Europe, targeting the Russian Federation and its allies, Major General Russian uh, Kozinin said. He cited that NATO training troops for rapid deployment in Eastern Europe and development of anti-ballistic missile systems in the region as evidence of the looming crisis. Further proof, he claimed, is the dangerous attempts by some Polish politicians to initiate a return to so-called historically Polish regions in Western Ukraine and Belarus. So all this is going on and what it's doing is it's causing tempers to flare, big time tempers to flare. And so the Russians are going, oh, wait a moment. You're threatening us by sending these tanks in which you said just a few weeks ago, Mr. Biden, that you weren't gonna do. So Biden is saying one thing with his mouth and doing another thing with his hand, okay? What does the Bible say about that? The left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing, right? This is huge news because this is going on and, and this is where I want you to pay attention to the deception, the deception that the enemy is doing. This is going on. Why is Biden sending these tanks and these troops in? At the same time, the protests are going on throughout this part of Europe in Poland against the economic forum, the 2030 agenda. They don't want it. The farmers in Holland don't want the World Economic Forum agenda. They're protesting against it. It's spreading throughout Europe. What is Biden doing? Why? Because he's part of the World Economic Forum agenda, the 2030 United Nations agenda. How better to squash something than to have troops already in place and squash it? And then, remember what the left likes to do. They want to blame other people. They're going to blame Russia for this. And they're going to put it in there. The other thing that is really interesting to pay attention to about Poland is it's one of the most pro-life countries in the world. It's probably in the top three of pro-life countries. 
This is not sat well with the Biden administration. It's also a very pro-marriage, pro-family country. It is one of the most conservative countries in the world. Very pro-capitalism, okay? Not big on socialism. But you're watching this. He's getting troops there, and this is going to be part of his blackmail process. Hey, we can leave. Because you know one thing about Biden, right? He's not going to invade Europe. He's afraid. He's a coward when it comes to Putin. So this has nothing to do with Putin. This has to do with squashing and putting pressure and blackmailing Poland and the other Baltic countries to adopt more um, pro-choice homosexual agenda um, in, in the 2030 economic forum. And that's what this is really about. Really. Your thoughts? Yeah, I just from my perspective with um, that entire agenda here. So want to be mindful that of um, the deception aspect of it, right? Um, anything that's deceptive for like the masses is um, should be talked about, especially clearly with the truth. So we're we're here to we're here to continue to talk about the truth. And even in um, even in Canada, I don't know if I shared this with you, but um, it's very uh, it's it's a very tough situation uh, regarding schools and regarding the same stuff happening here. Um, now the thing is, it's like everyone should have a choice, right? Especially with children, if your children are going to school, everyone should have a choice. But flags are being raised at schools, at um, middle, um, like even younger than that, like very young children, you know. And it's just the deception of it all is is it's hard to it's hard to um, it's hard to just actually stay quiet about it anymore and i think that we need we need to be more firm a little bit as christians with our our um our views and 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 actually be aware and talking about it you know i think we need to talk about it more and i understand the pushback but the truth is the truth in the aspect of um you know do not be deceived which is what we're trying to talk about today so those are some of my thoughts because I was slightly horrified at some of the things that I've been seeing here um, only because there's absolutely no choice left. You know, it's either right. it's go to a public school or, or go to a Christian school. Yeah. And, and, and look, and it, it does come down to the deception. Remember the election that we had, the presidential election, um, people were, it was being told, Hey, you, you need to do more to censor people. You, and the fact the Biden administration came out to the social media companies and say, you need to stop what's happening. You need to censor. We need more censorship. And people, I, I was talking to people that I thought were conservatives and they were like, well, I can see some of the benefits of censorship. Well, today, Elon Musk withdrew his bid to buy Twitter. And what was the reason? that this happened. Well, he said, the reason why I'm not buying Twitter is because um, I was lied to about the number of real individuals that are subscribers to Twitter. Turns out it wasn't 5% of uh, Twitter um, people being, you know, what they call spam, 
spammers, right? Fake sites, fake accounts, right? It wasn't 5%. It was closer to 50%. That means 50% of the people on Twitter don't actually exist. Now, imagine that for a moment, right? You're Elon Musk. You're buying this because of all the subscribers. That's where you're going to make your money on. And it's spam accounts. Yeah. Was, this was done through an internal investigation because this has to be reported as part of the buy. I want to know who, how many real accounts you have. Turned out it was 50%. So he has to report this to the SEC and say, look, the reason why I'm pulling out my bid and I wrote my letter official is because turns out it's 50% fake. It's fake. They've been lying to me. And by the way, they're lying to the shareholders. This is a major criminal fraudulent thing. And by the way, this is deception. So all these spam accounts are out there telling you, you know, Trump stinks or, you know, this is bad or that's what it is. Turns out all that was lies and we we're deceived by a 50% spamming. It's not the real audience. The real audience isn't saying that. And so when and you war, right? Like when, when like people would just go after a certain thing, right? That, oh, some like basically the woke side would just go after someone and, and then, and then they would get canceled, right? right? The cancel culture. Yeah. It turned out it was by a bunch of fake spammers. It didn't exist. And so this is, this is exactly um, what is going on and why we're being deceived. We're being lied to. And Jesus said, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Beware. Open your eyes. Listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches, to him who overcomes. Okay? You need to be an overcomer by listening to the Holy Spirit, letting the Holy Spirit guide you to all truth. Okay? And because we are being set up for a great deception. Why? Because it's bringing to power the Antichrist. Now, I, I said I was going to go over this a little bit ago, and I, I want to go over it right now because we're running out of time. Why does this all matter with what happened to Shinzu Abe? How does this relate to Bible prophecy? Okay? It's not just a molehill. It's not you're just gopher attacking your house. It's the gopher's conspiracy is affecting the entire neighborhood. Okay? It's the same gopher family. What does that mean? Okay? For you. Well, because it's getting everybody ready, the world agenda ready, because everyone's looking going, we can't trust our government. We can't put our faith in this. We need a savior. And they're setting it up to remove all the opposition to the Antichrist. So when the Antichrist shows up, the whole world goes, okay, we're ready for you. And that's what they're doing. Shinzo Abe was assassinated. Why? Because he was in opposition to globalism. He was one of the, the strongest voices against globalism. Well, you got rid of him. You just got rid of Boris, who claimed he was against globalism in one sense. And, and I understand. But he was still better than than what the other guy was, right? The other guy, remember what he wanted? He said, when he was running, he said, oh, we just, we need six people to control the whole world, right? He was adamantly telling you, we just need six people to control the whole world, right? He's probably narrowed that down to like one, you know, or two, the false prophet and the antichrist, right? So this is a major thing. And we're seeing that deception. Um, a um, Another big thing that I think is, is, important and and this is i want to go over this oil crisis thing for a moment today in a press conference uh according um to the gateway pundit uh, karina jean she struggled in trying to explain whether or not biden was aware 
that millions of barrels of oil were being sent overseas as Biden was attacking gas station owners. Okay? Now, I, I get it. We love to stereotype things in, in the United States. So behind every gas station owner is, it's, you know, some Muslim or some Sikh with a, with a turban on. And, you know, it's, it's the, the Simpson cartoon, you know, the 7-Eleven owner. Yeah, they have their own oil rig in the back and everything, you know? Right. You know, and, and we stereotype it. And so Biden really went after them. And, you know, and, and, it, and it saddens me because, um, and I've told you a lot, I love to share the gospel with people. The gas station by my work, it's Muslim owned. I know, I know the owner. I've met the owner. Okay. You're going to be, you're like, you know, the owner of your gas station. Yes, I do. Okay. Cause I want to share faith. Do you know that he employs five Christians in that gas station? Okay. I, I, well, they're all, they've all shared their faith with me. Three of them came from Egypt, right? They're from Egypt. This Muslim owner has Christian employees employed by him that he trusts. Okay. To me, that's amazing. And, and it's, he's not the, the greatest guy in the world. I'll, I'll be honest with you. He's not the most honest guy, but his employees, they're really good. I've had great conversations about the Lord with them, right? Prayed with them, uh, shared the faith with them. When things were going on and people were being attacked and, and so forth, you know, I, I told them I was praying for him, you know? And that's one of those things where now the president of the United States comes on and says, you know what, you bad, horrible gasoline station owners, you're gouging people. Well, it turns out it was actually the president of the United States. He's sending all of our oil that could drop the price of oil. He's sending it overseas. So the inflation on the gas pricing is 100% Joe Biden's fault. Oh, and, and Governor Gavin Newsom's fault in California. How? Because he added a gas tax. Just as gasoline got to $7 a gallon, guess what? He just didn't think it was high enough, and he added another gas tax onto us. And we couldn't do anything about it because the Democrats have a supermajority in the state of California. Now, a lot of you are like, dude, this guy's on a roll tonight about inflation. Yes. Why? Because this is all leading to a major bankruptcy meltdown that will force us into one currency, a digital currency, the mark of the beast, a one world government. And we're watching it happen before eyes. And some of you just are, you're wanting to close your eyes, put a pillow over your head going, I see no evil, I hear no evil. And I'm sorry, I'm here to tell you in truth and in love, get ready, Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Look, I, I didn't get to everything tonight on the story watch because I, I, I felt like this was a really important stuff that we were discussing tonight. But I, I want to take a couple of minutes out. We need to be in love with Jesus as Christians. We need to put aside our love with the world and fall in love with Jesus Christ. And our love needs to be so exciting that we're looking for our bridegroom, Jesus, to return, to take us. And I think the biggest problem right now with the church is we're not in love with the idea of Jesus coming back. We're like, you know what? I still want to accomplish this. I want to go camping next week. I want to get my motor home. I want to get that jet ski boat. And that's the flesh. The flesh is saying, I want, I want, I want. But your spirit, are you listening 
to what the Holy Spirit is saying to the churches. Are you wanting to overcome? Are you falling in love with the idea of Jesus returning? Are you excited about it? Because if you're not, you need to examine your heart. You need to look inside and say, Jesus, are you dwelling with me? Are you coming into my heart and dwelling with me? Are we having communion together? Or is my flesh taken over? What do you think? What do you think, Rapture? Yeah, um, it it makes uh, reminds me of the verse of um, the laborers are few, and um, in the season, um, the reality is based on all the things that are going on right now, and as we're living through Bible prophecy happening, um, instead of leaning on um, not wanting to know ignorance is bliss or extreme fear. Um, we need to move past that and, and dwell in, in Jesus's love because, um, because perfect love casts out fear. Mm. So that being said, if we, if we really all come back to the basics and focus on his return in, in a rejoicing way, in a way of him coming back, um, and allowing our hearts to be postured unto him in a way where, you know, the Holy Spirit can work through us because it is the season before his return, you know. And with that being said, it is an exciting time and we recognize that it is tough in the world right now as well. But as the laborers are few, I urge the church, please we need to labor together and rejoice together and come back to the love of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You know, I want to remind everyone who the faithful church is. And it's the church of Philadelphia. And Jesus said this, he was holy. He was true. He was the key of David. He who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. For you have little strength, and this is the compliment he's giving them. You have little strength, meaning you're not relying on your own strength. This is important to understand. What he means by that is you have little strength because it's all your strength is in Jesus Christ. Amen. You have little strength. You have kept my word, and you have not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you because you have kept my commandments to persevere. I will also keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world. So Jesus is saying, I'm going to keep you from that hour of trial um, which is going to come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast to what you have that no one may take your crown he overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God and the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. And this is the most important part in verse 13. He says it to every church. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. 
It's that individual. Listen. The church isn't listening, but you, if you have an ear and you're listening to the Holy Spirit, pay attention to what the Spirit is saying to the church. With that being said, that's it for tonight here on Friday Night Prophecy, the West Coast Gospel Hour. Um, we want to thank you for viewing us here at Fig Tree Watchers. Remember, you can uh, see the uh, entire broadcast here again on the replay on uh, Instagram, or you can listen to the podcast form on all the major platforms. Uh, the notes for tonight, uh, the no news article sources, it's going to be on our Telegram site at Fig Tree Watchers. Um, and uh, just encourage you to stand firm in your faith. Do not be deceived. Trust in the Lord. Listen to what he says. Listen to his word. Read the Bible. Stay faithful. And fall in love with Jesus. Good night, everyone. And God bless. God bless.